Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day. We got the big homie Jackson White, co-founder and editor-in-chief at Politiscope, TYT Rebel HQ contributor, creator. Also, commentator Young Voices guy, Jonathan Hartley, will talk about Russia and sanctions. We may jump into another thing or two. Top story of the day. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson is being asked illegal questions. But before it got to the illegal questions, which I'm going to show you in a minute, her confirmation process has been riddled with racist tropes. Let's go to Senator Ted Cruz asking her about critical race theory, which has nothing to do with her job nor her judicial Critical philosophy. race theory is, um, it is an academic theory that is about the ways in which uh, race interacts with um, various institutions. It doesn't come up in my work as a judge. It's never something that I've uh, studied or relied on. And it wouldn't be something that I would rely on if I was on the Supreme Court. They are grasping at straws. So Ted Cruz just throws in critical race theory, uh, children's books, black people, white people, white people are racist, right? They're freestyling, they're making, they're making stuff up. They do not have any actual ammunition. Remember, these are the same people who voted to confirm Justice Kavanaugh. Remember what Tucker Carlson said this? So it might be time for Joe Biden to let us know what Kentaji Brown Jackson's LSAT score was. What else she do in the LSATs? Why wouldn't he tell us that? That would settle the question conclusively as to whether she's a once in a generation legal talent, the next learned hand. That's all you got, little tuck tuck. That's it. Show us your LSAT scores to prove that you are a fascinating legal mind. Because obviously, black people have to be the best when white people can be mediocre. White people have a mandate to succeed, while typically white males, they have permission to fail without penalty. But I think Tucker Carlson is mistaken about the LSAT. Number one, all law schools do not require it. As a matter of fact, the ABA, American Bar Association, they only require that there's a standardized test of some sort. Many institutions, including Ivy League institutions, they have changed the model from only accepting LSAT scores, not a prerequisite to understanding your aptitude in the law. He obviously is not aware. The LSAT does not measure the level of knowledge in the legal field. This is a general educational test. Tucker is lucky that there's no general educational test for opinion commentators. And then the most offensive of them all, Lindsey Graham, who literally voted for Judge Jackson Brown last year, changed and is now saying her nomination to the Supreme Court is evidence that the radical left has won. That's what Senator Lindsey Graham said, the guy who just voted for her last year. He's now posing illegal questions in the Senate. Here it is. What faith are you, by the way? Senator, I am um, Protestant. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, Non-denominational. Okay. Could you fairly judge a Catholic? Senator, I have a record of I think the answer would be yes. judging everyone. I believe you can. I'm just <laughs> asking this question because how important is your faith to you? Senator, personally, um, my faith is very important. Um, but as you know, there's no religious test in the Constitution under, under Article 6. What kind of Dr. Seuss ass questions are those? Once again, he's freestyling. Um, um, tell us about your religion. Um, can you fairly judge a Catholic? What? On the scale of one to 10, how religious would you say you are? I go to church three times a year. He actually said that to her. Once again, let me bring you to the US Constitution. The Constitution says Article 6. Clause three, no religious test shall be ever required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Wow, so here's what it is. Well, they cannot attack the first black woman to be nominated to the US Supreme Court when they cannot attack her on legitimate issues of judicial conduct, constitutional interpretation, and career as a judge. They go to racial tropes. They say things like, well, to prove you're smart, we must see test scores. She has a plethora of accomplishment and academic accomplishment across her journey. That's not good enough. Okay. Uh, Jackson, what are your thoughts on this? So my thoughts is that obviously the Republican Party, they're just positioning some entertainment for their base. Because at the end of the day, the general public doesn't care what Katanji Brown Jackson's faith is at all. But for those who do, you know, that you could just tell that Lindsey Graham was just kind of making things up as he goes along. But importantly, their base believes that God is on their side. So this is what they want to hear, you know, making sure that the party is fighting for the will of God because the will of God is their ego, basically. And then also at the end of the day, the Republican Party, you know, under Trump's administration, they got three people on that bench. One, Brett Kavanaugh, who you mentioned, who had all the controversy surrounding his name and brand. And then Amy Coney Barrett, who basically was just swept and rushed into office before he got out. I mean, nobody even really got to see anything from her, let alone how Merrick Garland was blocked from his hearings. I mean, we know how this game goes, but at the end of the day, they don't really have anything to be complaining about, and they know it. This is just, you know, again, what their base wants to see. Uh, Jesus, America, and and beer, and whatever else, you know, and and the gun. Don't forget. Right. Oh yeah, gun. can't forget that. Can't forget the guns. All right, can't God, <laughs> guns, guns, God, whatever. Woo. White racist Nazis kill an African American veteran. They have been charged with a hate crime. Let's put up that picture. Full throttle, okay, keep that picture up. This is a couple out of California. They have been charged with a hate crime and the murder of a black Navy veteran with evidence suggesting the boyfriend has ties to white supremacist groups. Co-defendants, Jeremy Wayne Jones, 49, and Christina Lynn Gardner, 42, were charged with killing a black Navy vet, Justin Peoples, intentionally connection 
to a hate crime, all right? In connection to a hate crime. Many of Jones' tattoos are associated with white supremacist groups. Some of his tattoos include a swastika and the words white pride. Well, you know, that'll do it, obviously. This is a white supremacist. The DA also alleges evidence suggests Jones Jones has ties to particular groups, white supremacist group. A third defendant, Christopher Domenico, let's put up Christopher's picture, 52 years of age, was arraigned on accessory after the fact because he decided to help those white supremacists escape justice. All three are being held without bond and will be arraigned on April 4th. We're gonna follow that story. Let's put up a picture of that victim. This is Mr. Justin Peoples, 30 years of age, a Navy veteran, father of two, served the country, okay? And based on all accounts, was a very good man, very good person. Now, are you hearing those who are patriots come out against this kind of race related violence against that black veteran? No. Have you heard any Republican leader denounce the actions of these white supremacist killers who came after this veteran and killed him because of his skin color? No, there's more. His family honored his memory following the arraignment Friday. His father Maurice told CBS local, Justin was a remarkable young man and I believe him. Here are some details about the incident and the charges, okay? On Friday, San Joaquin County DA, Tory Verber Salazar revealed the allegations against Mr. Garner and Jones. Both Salazar said in a statement, were arraigned on murder charges with a special circumstance alleging the victim, Justin Peoples, was intentionally killed because of his race, color, religion, nationality, or country of origin. Shortly after 9 p.m. March 15th, the Tracy Police Department responded to a report of a man suffering from gunshot wounds at the Chevron gas station on North Tracy Boulevard. Officers found Peoples lying on the floor with a gunshot wound to his upper body and multiple stab wounds, according to the police. He was taken to San Joaquin General Hospital where he died two hours later. Very sad. Police said there was a confrontation before Peoples was shot and Salazar said the victim did not know his assailants. Garner and Jones were arrested on the 1500 block of Day Ovan Avenue. The following day, 9.15 a.m. after authorities served search and arrest warrants at the residence. Jones is charged with one count of first degree premeditated murder, weapons enhancement for the use of a knife, as well as the special circumstance for the hate crime. Okay, Garner was charged with one count of murder, weapons enhancement for the use of a firearm during the commission of a felony with special circumstances for the hate crime and one count of felony possession of a firearm. The DA charged them appropriately. Put up a picture of the district attorney, that's the DA. District attorney, Tori Verber Salazar, she did it, she's the one. She said during her statement and I quote, there is no place for hate in our community. No one should be victimized because of their race, ethnicity, sexual orientation or religion. These types of crimes are reprehensible and my administration will prosecute to the what fullest extent 
of the law. Boom, finally, finally someone has said it. We have been talking about this from day one. When will they start saying fullest extent of the law when there's a race related crime in their communities? When will the police say it? When will the DA say it? Finally, a district attorney has stood up and put it on record. They will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And we're gonna hold that prosecutor accountable to those words. That's how you do it. Jackson, thoughts here. So I just want to take this time to say free all nonviolent drug offended prisoners. Because this is really what prison is made for. People like this who go around committing heinous acts of violence and who are a true detriment to society because they really can't socially function around others. It's not meant for people who are struggling to make ends meet and are selling people marijuana, even if it's harder substances than that. You know, this is a beautiful example of uh, the just insane imbalance that we have within our criminal justice system, period. And so, you know, again, it's good that you mentioned that, uh, you know, they're bringing the full extent of the law for the punishment, but this is who prison is for, people like this. People are becoming much more comfortable, obviously, with their racism. That's a senator, a Republican senator. He does not want black people and white people to get married. No, he doesn't. Now he will use colorful language to explain it, but hear him in his own words. Here it is. So you would be okay with the Supreme Court leaving the question of interracial marriage to the states? Yes, I think that that's something that if you're not wanting the Supreme Court to weigh in, on issues like that, uh, you're not going to be able to have your cake and eat it too. I think that's hypocritical. What about Griswold versus Connecticut? Do well, you, you can list a whole host of issues. When it comes down to whatever they are, uh, I'm going to say that they're not going to all make you happy uh, within a given state, but that we're better off having states manifest their points of view rather than homogenizing it across the country as Roe versus Wade did. All right, Senator, wear your racism proud, sir. So we'll know exactly who you are. So this Senator, his name is Senator Mike Braun. Senator Braun essentially wants states to be able to ban interracial marriage. By the way, that used to be a thing until the Supreme Court got involved and said that cannot be a thing. He wants states to say, no, you cannot marry a white person if you're black. That's what he wants. Now remember, states actually, started to discriminate against who can obtain a marriage license by making it illegal for couples of different races to obtain them. That's how they enforce the rule. And then they said things like, we're not against interracial marriage. We're only enforcing the licensing of interracial marriage. That was their argument to the court. The court's all right past it, all right? so. The Indiana Republican has already fielded a series of media questions in the same interview in which Braun repeatedly made the case for state officials, not federal officials, making their own decisions on a range of policies, including abortion rights and marijuana legalization. I guarantee you this, he likely would like states to say, hey, you know, if we want slavery in Georgia, let's do it. That's a state right also that was overturned, okay? There's more here. Braun, the senator, clearly understood the question. 
He also understood his answer. He repeated his answer. He doubled down on his answer. And then he realized, well, damn, I let the inside part come outside. And now he's trying to walk back his answer. So Senator Brown later walked back his comments by claiming he misunderstood the question. Despite the question being asked multiple times in different ways to ensure Senator Braun meant and understood what he said concerning interracial marriage. Let me be clear on that issue. There is no question the Constitution prohibits discrimination of any kind based on race. That is not something that is even up for debate. And I condemn racism in any form at all levels by any states, entities, or individuals, said Senator Braun. Now, you know a staffer wrote that for him. The man said what he said. He told you exactly how he felt. But see, these individuals have always been among us. He's not a newbie, he's been here for a while. He's held this sentiment for a very long time. You see, President Obama did not bring these individuals out, but Donald Trump did. Donald Trump has provided cover for them. An advocate, he has become a champion of sorts. And for me, I'm actually glad, I really am. I am glad that Donald Trump and his cronies, they have now caused these individuals who would typically wear a hood and hide themselves to come out in the public. Because now we know who you are, we can do something about that. Jackson thoughts. Yeah, so you know, these are the guys who act like they're just so principled and so constitutional. But really, this is what I like to call just synthetic principle, which really is just fundamentalism. And mm-hmm. the biggest danger of this is what a just fully conservative federal court system would look like. It either would be, you know, sweeping overhaul or blockade of any type of liberal policy and legislation that equalizes the economy and provides access. Or it would just be allowing states like Texas, Mississippi, you know, the, the plethora of states that are, you know, banning abortion after, you know, six seconds practically, to just continue to go along with that. I continue to warn uh, audiences all over TYT that uh, expect Roe v. Wade to be on the chopping block because yep. this is what they're pushing for. And again, that type of synthetic fundamentalism, that's all that really means. Whatever we want goes, that's all it is. Well said, and you see how they systematically change rules, they change policies, they change laws in order to benefit their dynamic, their proclamation. They've done it for many, many decades, they continue continue to do it today. We have more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable, we got a lot of comments. Let me remind everyone before I read these comments, the watch list. Every weekday, the big home of JR Jackson, make sure you tune in. YouTube.com forward slash watchlist TYT. And like on Facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. Find that YouTube and Facebook. That's live, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, weekdays. Find out stories that you should know about. News, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. Remarkable show. Also, membership. Let's do this, all right? Resistance against the establishment is a constant battle. We need all the help we can get. Become part of TYT's progressive change machine. Help facilitate positive change in the world by becoming a TYT member. TYT.com forward slash change. All right, Twitchuation Room, news and chair yoga. Join Francesca Wednesdays at 4 p.m. 
Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time. That's on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TYT, the Trituation Room, all right? Let me read some of these comments. TYT member, I am Sock says, I am going to my local CVS and demanding to see the pharmacist PCAT scores. Travis C says, Cruz, hey, you're a black woman. Talk about CRT. <laughs> That's right, because there's nothing in her background that indicates she's a CRT scholar, that she subscribes to CRT. Uh, less than 1%, by the way, interesting fact, less than 1% of the American population has actually been trained and taught critical race theory. Less than 1%. All right. Uh, Fred Gunderpants, that's awesome. Did Just Jackson molest a teenager? Did she burst into tears and yell, I love beer? It's insane. Thank you for all you do, Dr. R. My pleasure. Divine Feminine says, shocked they were even arrested. Did uh, they did it because they thought they would get away with it? That's exactly right. Of course, they thought they would get away with it. Um, let's go to a Twitch viewer. All right. Green Corrine, I think that's right. How many times has a faith scale been a question for Supreme Court nominees? Scale of one to 10 here. I have never heard that question to a Supreme Court nominee. On the scale of one to 10, tell me how much you believe in white Jesus. That, that's not, that, that wasn't the question, <laughs> but that was basically what he wanted to know. Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I said I'm sorry. Get out of the property. I said I'm sorry. We made a video. Stake that. Yeah, get some money, bro. What are you sorry about? I'm sorry about for his behavior. more. I do not condone violence, ladies and gentlemen. But it was this moment when he knew that keeping it real can go terribly wrong. Here it is. He absolutely is. Stop. 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 Phone. Make it the phone. Right now. Right now. 
Right now. According to the authorities, he is still in the woods and they cannot find him. I, I don't know where he's at. But here's the thing. He was calling everybody the N word and they told him, listen, stop inciting, okay, just stop. All of the workers at Taco Bell said stop. The patrons told him to cut it out. He refused, he continued to be aggressive. He continued to threaten them until he messed around and found out. Now, as my family member would say, let's put up a full picture of his graphic before I say this. You see, a fella that has that kind of fighting stance is accustomed to his mouth writing checks that his ass cannot cash. It is clear to me, he has no hands. That's <laughs> urban vernacular, that means he cannot fight. So why would you be a professional-ish starter if you have no hands? Jackson, this baffles me. <laughs> well, it doesn't baffle me because guys like this do this all the time. <laughs> they find themselves in situations and I mean, you know, for, for a minute, they were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, this guy's belligerent because he's just walking around. Actually, <laughs> for two minutes and 18 seconds, okay? Two minutes and 18 seconds, <laughs> right. which is a considerable amount of time. It really is. You know what I'm saying? And who knows what, what we saw before they got out. And both of them were just like, yeah, yeah, running around <laughs> and, you know, not making any sense. But no, actually, though, guys like this uh, end up dead frequently. You know, because they do think they do things like this to the wrong people, especially depending on the type of environment they grew up in. These are the types of guys who go looking for trouble, who go looking for it with the wrong person. So, you know, this type of stuff's very common. And then, you know, just as a common rule of thumb, you're absolutely right. Somebody who has that much confidence, because at the end of the day, you know, people typically only fight you if they feel like they can easily win and what none of that going on. So yeah, he, he's just prone to be getting you know, his ass whooped quite frequently. Yeah, and we provide, as I always say, a mirror here for reflection and correction. We're glad that this did not end in anybody's death, obviously. But it is a public service announcement. These are unwise things to do. I got something for everybody. Double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're I feel afraid, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Let me count the ways. Let's put up a picture 
of the individual we have been able to identify, okay? This happened back in May of last year when a Palestinian refugee who moved to Canada to escape what he felt was a racist environment in the US says he was left shaken after a road rage incident. According to CBC News, the male Karen, Alex John Hudson, then 27, was charged with mischief to a motor vehicle and was investigated by local police to determine whether the incident was hate motivated. Hudson, that guy, admitted at the time he lost his temper. But he says he is not racist. No, no. He said he hates everyone equally. He went on to say during the interview after the incident, he said, and I quote, I learned today what a Palestinian even is. Proving once again that ignorance, stupidity, and racism fit hand in glove. Jackson, thoughts here? Absolutely right. You can't have this type of mindset unless you are severely lacking in what's going on in the world and around you and just within yourself. But also, you know, he, I guess he thought he was like even the plan feel like it. I hate everybody, bro. Like, so don't take it personally. I know I was terrible to you, but I'm terrible to everybody. So, you know, <laughs> but he was like racist. His. He was racist <laughs> specifically to that one man. Right, just right. But it, there's, there's enough of that to go around for everybody. So, <laughs> you know, don't 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 take it too personal. Fascinating defense. <laughs> okay, we got more on the other side. Is indisputable stick and stay. Yep, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Thank you for joining the conversation with the show. Eric the Uber Dragon, when eating a racist taco goes bad. Yeah, um, I Prince Majestic 2.0, do these people ever learn? Nope, Knuckle Dragon, he don't run as fast as that mouth. <laughs> An astute observation there. Nightmare 316. Wow, you can't fix stupid. Yeah. Yeetwood Mac, if you're racist when you're angry, then you're racist, my guy. Yeah. Okay. Anti Karens unite. You're screaming at employees at Walmart. Get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Don't touch me! Don't touch me! 
I'm going to say it. Anyone who works for an airline company, you are now officially dubbed, deputized as anti-Karens. This happens far too often. Let's put up a picture. We got some background on this particular Karen and what happened when she was faced with a load of anti-Karens, a plane full of them to be exact. Well, as you heard, the Jet 2 passengers cheered as the Karen who reportedly slapped fellow passengers, slapped fellow passengers and yelled at the cabin crew was marched off the flight to Turkey after it was diverted to Vienna. That was on Monday, okay? All right, the passenger was aggressive towards staff over babies crying on the flight. Babies crying and even slapped other passengers according to a witness. The flight had to be diverted to the Austrian capital so the woman could be removed. Talking about creating significant inconvenience. After arriving at 11.40 a.m. before carrying on to reach Aunt Alia, two hours later than scheduled. One passenger on board the plane told Manchester Evening News that a female passenger became disruptive about an hour and 20 minutes into the flight. People were saying she was kicked, she was kicking off at the airport before she even got on the plane. A customer said something and she slapped that customer in the face. Then a man got up to try and calm the situation before taking her to the back of the plane. Now remember, the video that we see is after she has physically slapped other people. Nobody has tried to arrest her, nobody has tried to detain her. Nobody pulled out the duct tape. And this is why I am a strong advocate for duct tape justice. Sometimes there needs to be duct tape available in situations like that. I know that there was a big issue about somebody being tied up with duct tape on an airplane. Well, damn it, this would have been the right situation for that duct tape. All right, the passenger said that staff then made the decision to divert the flight to Vienna. As the plane landed, the woman was said to have slapped another passenger as she was getting off. She is just slap central. All right, the airline has refused to comment on the situation, saying it is a matter. Manchester Airport refused to comment, saying it's a matter of the airline. Jet 2 did confirm the incident. They said, hey, you know, it did happen. Okay, Jackson, thoughts here. So, yeah, so this woman's like wondering what's wrong. And so, like, she's on the plane on like quaaludes and tequila, <laughs> just totally blacked out, not knowing what's going on. And then there's a crying baby, and she's just like, Tell your baby to shut up. And then she slaps somebody. And then she's like all in everybody's face screaming like, what have I done wrong? And then just like, like literally like as close to people's face as possible. Like she was total, she had absolutely no awareness of what was going on because like she wasn't picking up on any social cues whatsoever. So yeah, duct tape should definitely be kept under everyone's seats. Just in case <laughs> somebody comes on the plane, uh, one too many shots of Don Julio, you know what I'm saying? So that that's that, that was pretty ridiculous and very embarrassing. That may need to, to become <laughs> part of the flight um, dynamic, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, when they're telling you instructions, they say, "And the duct tape is located to your far left." In case <laughs> of carinicity, please. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Corruption, 
employment issues, targeting individuals, creating hostile work environments, racism, etc. That's happening according to a narrative from the Denver City Attorney's Office. Let's put up a picture of the victim, okay? A former employee of the Denver City Attorney's Office is threatening a lawsuit against her former employer and the people who are supposed to mentor her. After learning she was targeted by those coworkers in disparaging, cruel and inappropriate emails and chat messages. The employee who faced this abuse, her name is Kimberly Palmer, who worked in the office from late 2019 through early 2020. The city attorneys were supposed to mentor Ms. Palmer during her tenure with the office, but instead they were abusive and even caused her a nervous breakdown. Let's put up the people in question here. The three city attorneys celebrated Palmer suffering an apparent nervous breakdown and having to leave the office. They celebrated this. The group called their online group, the Kimberly Killers. Yeah. When they learned of Miss Palmer's breakdown, okay, Eric Reese, Christina Bush, and Emily Reisdorf decided to brush it off. Christina Bush said, this is the best news I've heard since quarantine. I feel so satisfied by this. I've been humming all morning. We sent her into a nervous breakdown. It was a team effort. She then sent a display patting herself on the back according to internal disciplinary records. Um, uh, Message Bush by saying, yeah, you can't take credit for all that on your own. We pushed her too far, all right? That's what Emily said. We sent her into a nervous breakdown, Bush said, because really this is our doing, Reese wrote. Christy, you caused her to have a nervous breakdown? We have a new champion. That's according to internal documents. Reese later wrote, ask Kimberly, I'm awful and only talk to pretty people. I mean, put up their pictures again. These individuals are horrible. Put them up, yeah, I mean, damn. She had to work around this. And I I wanna bring humanity into this story because they created an intentional design in order to make her lose her mind. And when they succeeded, their narrative gave it away, their celebration. They celebrated their intention and they were so comfortable, so privileged that they believed Through these official communications, they would always be protected and nobody would find out. Do you think this was their only victim? Do you think this was the only time they've done something like this? Of course not. They called themselves the Kimberly Killers and they damn near killed that woman in real life. This wasn't the only misconduct by the group earlier this week. The CBS4 investigation revealed that three city attorneys, Eric Reese, Christina Bush, and Emily Reisdorf sent each other and other employees hundreds of emails and chat messages on city communication systems as they worked from home in 2020 during the pandemic. They disparaged bosses, coworkers, boasted about how little work they were doing 
and that they are goofing off and discussed unauthorized use of a criminal history database. Put their pictures up again. These are the individuals who are in charge of an entire department. They are supposed to be looking out for the best interest of the citizen. They are paid by way of tax dollars. So after they were exposed, what happened? Well, Reese and Bush resigned their positions. That happened in September 2020 during a personal investigation. However, Emily received a 15 day unpaid suspension, but retained her job. Isn't that something? See, we tolerate it. The people that resigned, they're going to work somewhere else, not a real penalty. And the one that decided to fight it, well, she has a job back. But they all engaged in the same activity. How is this possible? This is violation of every HR rule all of us know. You couldn't get away with this conduct at Wendy's. You could not get away with this conduct anywhere other than working for a system like that. Why is it that when individuals work inside of law enforcement or justice systems, they are always protected when they violate the conscience of individuals, when they violate the very value system they are supposed to protect, when they are contrary to what the public trust respects or expects of them. Nobody else gets that privilege, but these people did. Jackson, thoughts here? Yeah, I think that um, it's good that we're able to shed light on this story because this type of toxic office behavior in corporate America happens all the time, especially surrounding people who are in underprivileged groups. Yeah. And also this goes to show how really just immature adults really can be across right. the board. You know, when you're you're a kid, you think adults got it all figured out, but no, they're just older child, that's older children. And, you know, just the immaturity and 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 you know laziness and boredom and lack of work really is rampant in corporate culture. They think that, you know, we got all this productivity going on, but stuff like this happens quite often. Yep. And um, I do hope she sues. She has put it out there that she made. She needs to go ahead and sue in my humble opinion. Uh, and hopefully some justice will come out of this. Okay, there's a cop who according to the report committed the heinous act of sexual assaulting an incapacitated person. Put up the mugshot of this cop, okay? Keith Ryan Williamson. A Columbia Police Department officer was arrested Friday and accused of sexually assaulting an incapacitated person, according to state agents. He was fired from the department shortly after his arrest. The South Carolina Law Enforcement Division charged Keith Ryan Williamson with third degree criminal sexual conduct stemming from an assault in October. In October, Officer Williamson was close to his 12th year with the Columbia Police Department. On October 30th or 31st, this cop, according to the report, accomplished sexual battery with the victim and had reason to know that the victim was incapacitated at the time of the assault. That's according to the arrest warrant. Evidence for his arrest came from interviews with Williamson, the victim, medical records, digital records, 
and other sources according to the warrant. Columbia Police Chief Skip Holbrook fired Officer Williamson Friday after his arrest, citing improper conduct by the officer. Williamson had been suspended prior to his arrest, the department said. Well, isn't that interesting? So you can just fire cops. It's possible. You can say you're fired, and they are. Huh. The investigation into Williamson began when an unspecified person filed a complaint in October against the cop with the Columbia Police Department. Investigators said the person alleged Williamson had acted criminally. Columbia Police immediately informed SLED investigators, that's common, about the allegation against Williamson, the department said. A South Carolina code of law says that one standard for third degree criminal sexual conduct is when the actor knows or has reason to know that the victim is mentally defective, mentally incapacitated or physically helpless. And aggravated force or aggravated coercion was not used to accomplish sexual battery. Williamson could go to prison for 10 years if found guilty of third degree criminal sexual conduct. Now, here's what you're not hearing. You're not hearing the DA, you're not hearing the prosecutors who have already charged the guy. Say something like, we are going to prosecute this cop to the fullest extent of the law for violating the public trust. Why? Why do we not hear that language? We cannot let prosecutors off the hook when it comes to prosecuting these heinous crimes in our communities. We have allowed the narrative to go on unchecked too long because typically, People like this, they never get the maximum. They never get penalized to the fullest extent. The prosecutor doesn't even try. And let me say this, let me say this. I told you this earlier in the week. When they don't charge the cop with violation of oath of office, typically the fix is already in. When that charge is also on the charge docket, that means Typically, they are serious about the prosecution. Now, we're going to see if my theory holds up here because there is no violation of oath of office on this docket. The reason typically they don't do it is because they know that charge is so broad that this cop is guaranteed to be convicted and never will be allowed to be a cop again, okay? You don't see violation of oath here, that's a problem. Jackson thoughts. Yeah, I think that what you pointed out about how in fact cops can be fired at will is is very true when they want it to be. And this is another example of the power of culture because this cop was fired because what he did was uncomfortable for enough people across the board mm. that there was really no argument. However, killing an unarmed black man or woman is just another Tuesday and there must have been a good reason for it, which again is the power of culture. You know, This guy had been on the force for quite some time. I'm sure that he had shown signs that he was capable of things like this more than once. So you know, again, it's definitely good that he was arrested and let's continue to shed light on things like this. Yeah, and here's what we know just based on statistical data. Typically an individual like this, it is not his first time offending in this manner. That's why I advocate for a psychological examination of all police officers every six months to one year. Typically. Every police officer has to go through 
an initial psychological evaluation. But the reality is this, the cop you hire on day one may be a different cop on day 365. And you have to be able to pick up on these dynamics. That's one way to figure out who is likely to be a ticking time bomb on your force. And when you advocate for that position, Jackson, they say things like, well, we don't have enough money to do that. Of course. What? Y'all don't have enough money. Wait a minute. I thought we were all for making sure law enforcement had everything they needed. And if the goal is public safety, that's an element that adds to the public safety of the community. Well, as long as they have money for military equipment, mm. that's, that's what they need more of. So, yeah. you know, because they don't have enough of it. Exactly. All right. My man, always good to have you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Oh, yeah. Check me out on Rebel HQ. Uh, I do work, political analysis. You know, reaction videos all over the map. It's really fun. Check me out Monday through Friday on Rebel HQ. And uh, it's always good to be here with you, Dr. Richie. And I'm looking forward to next time. Always, my friend. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.